Hey, if you have a Bible, I'm gonna get you to open with me to Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two, if you don't have a Bible, just slip your hand up, one of our ushers will come down and they will give you a Bible. Genesis chapter two, we're gonna get there in just a few minutes, uh, but we're in a series right now called For Better, For Worse, and we're talking about marriages and we're talking about relationships. How many of you have really enjoyed this series so far? Yeah. Uh, Pastor Brent has just done an incredible job. Uh, the first week he talked about the building blocks of marriage. And uh, one of the key statements he said that I think is just good for all of us is that marriage is not a contract, it's a covenant. Amen? And so keep that in mind today as we go into this particular talk as well as we go into this teaching. And last week uh, we talked about conflict resolution in marriage. And all, all the married people here said... Amen. Yeah, it was great. I needed that in, in my life too. Um, but today, I'll, the topic I want to talk about with you is not one that we like to talk about in our relationships. Uh, it's not really one we actually like to talk about in our marriages, and we don't actually equate this topic to marriage, but I think we find ourselves in marriage feeling this way. And the topic I want to talk about with you today is the topic of loneliness in relationships. How many of you have ever been lonely before? Anybody? Yeah, I mean, I've been lonely. I remember my first time I was lonely. I was, I was five years old. I got locked in an elevator at Disney World. Yeah, that's a sin, isn't it? And I mean, I was hysterical. And this actually, the story is this woman came in and she grabbed me, like her motherly instincts just took over and it just made me freak out even more to the point that I kicked her in the stomach she drops me and I go running and, I, and, and funny enough, I, I saw my grandfather down in the, we were in this hotel, he was down drinking his coffee and I ran to him and he saved me and so I'm here today to tell you about it. I'm alive, I made it. <laughs> We've all been alone, but let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever felt alone? Like I wanna distinguish that today, being alone and feeling alone because the truth of the matter is is that you can actually be with people and still feel alone. Some of you may have been coming to church for a while and you've come into a space like this or at, at Seaside Park or wherever you're, you are today, maybe you're in your home and you've been home before and you've realized that there's this sense of loneliness and it doesn't really matter what your relationship status is in our culture, um, everyone feels alone. It's just a big issue that we deal with today, not just here in North America, actually around the world. I was just reading this past week on this topic. Great Britain just declared loneliness a public health issue. That's crazy to think about, right? And so no matter who you are, what your relationship status is, you feel alone. Some of you are here today and right now you feel alone in your singleness. Where are my singles at? Oh, I know you're here, you're quiet. <laughs> You're quite, I know you're here, I'm gonna be talking to you today. I am, because this is a big segment of society. Do you realize in North America today that 40% of adults check that box now? Single, incredible. And single doesn't necessarily mean I've never been married. Uh, it might mean I've been married at some time. There's some of you who, you, you're gonna go home today and you're gonna walk into your house and, and the four walls around you have pictures and, and, and they're just, they're memories and, and good times uh, that, that happened years ago, but, but you're just, you just have this sense of loneliness in your life and so we feel lonely in our singleness, but how many of you know you don't have to be single to feel lonely? 
You can be married and feel lonely. Any stay-at-home moms here today? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You're home with the kids, you're grinding it out, and your spouse is out doing work, but somewhere deep down you feel this sense of loneliness inside of you. And so I want to talk about this. Uh, Trust me, this is actually going to get better. This isn't going to be a downer. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, We're going to get, this is going to be resolved at the end, but we need to talk about this because I think if we deal with this issue, uh, we're going to be better off in our relationships. We're going to be better off in our singleness. We're going to be better off in our marriages. So I'd like to talk about this today. Actually, I was talking to one of our single moms in Halifax this week, and she said, hey, Pastor Seth, what are you talking about this week? I said, well, I'm talking about loneliness. And she looks at me, and she's like, ew. I'm like, what's ew? And she said, well, you're talking about the thing that no one wants to talk about, but everyone has to deal with. And I couldn't say it better myself. It's true. So can we deal with this today? Let's deal with this today. And I, want, and I want to answer a question for you. Hopefully by the end of our time, the end of this teaching, I can answer this question for you. What do we do with our aloneness? What do we do with our loneliness? And we're going to go to the Bible to get the answer for that today. So if you have a Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, I want you to turn there because God in the, in the book of Genesis actually gives us a good backdrop for loneliness. And I kind of want to show you what the Bible says about loneliness from the very beginning. Now, if you're new to the Bible, Genesis is at the very beginning of your Bible, so you don't have to turn very far. But as you enter into the Bible, it's it's actually a beautiful thing. You see in the first chapter, God is just like creating the the planet. He's creating Mount Everest, and he's he's creating the Bay of Fundy, and he's creating animals, and he's creating rivers, and lakes, and streams, and all of this stuff. And, and you notice that after everything that God creates, he says, it's good, it's good, it's good. Seven times the first week, God says it's good, that creation is good. Now, that's important because seven in the Bible means completeness. So uh, you enter into a world that is good and complete until you get into Genesis chapter 2. And Genesis 2, I would say is like this. It's like God created the world and he was all good and everything was good. And he steps back and he starts to assess his creation. And then we find out something very fascinating here in Genesis chapter 2. And I just want to read this to you in verse 18. You can follow along on the screen. But look what God sees. And this is what he says. He says, it's what? Not good to be alone. It's not good. Wait, well, hold on a second. God, you just, man, you just said everything was good. Like you just said everything was complete. And now you're saying it's not good. It's not good for what? To be alone. It's not good to be alone. And this is something, this word alone is so significant. It's going to help shape our time today. When God says it's not good to be alone, what what he means is, it, this is, alone here doesn't mean that you're by yourself. It means that you're incomplete. Now you're probably sitting there saying, okay, well God, God, did you make a mistake? Like you just said creation's complete and now you're looking down and you're saying there's something incomplete. Look, God, God's creation is complete outside, but there's still something incomplete inside. So I'll, just so that you're aware of this, we got to understand that when the Bible talks about loneliness, it's not talking about the absence of someone. It's actually talking about the deficiency in us. It's not absence. 
It's deficiency. Now, some of you are sitting there and saying, well, I thought this was a marriage series. How does this relate to my marriage? How does this relate to my relationships? Listen to me. This is what this is saying, all right? Listen very closely. It's possible to be married and still feel incomplete. Oh, I'm coming up in your house today. (laughs) Likewise, it's possible to be single and fully complete. Some of you singles are like, "Ah, what? You don't know that. You're married and you have kids. How can you say that, Pastor Seth? Well, Jesus did it. Some of you are like, don't pull the Jesus card on me. Well, (laughs) Paul did it, right? And so what I want you to understand as we dive into this topic today, when God says that we are alone, it has nothing to do with what is going on in your relationship status. It has everything to do with what is going on in you. And some of you are here today because you see that there's some deficiency in your marriage. And that may be true, but I'm here to tell you today that the deficiency you see in your marriage is something, it may be an indicator pointing to a deficiency in you. So when we talk about loneliness, understand that this is a you problem before it is a we problem. And if we don't deal with it as a you problem, it will become a we problem. You gotta get this today. It's not absence, it's deficiency. So it's not a partner problem, it's a power problem. Anyone ever have a deficiency before in your life? Uh, Where are my nurses at? You know, you, you hear about vitamin deficiencies, right? Iron deficiencies. Like I have a one-year-old son and at the beginning of his life and for the first year, the doctor kept telling us, hey, be careful you get, and make sure he has enough iron so he doesn't have an iron deficiency, right? What happens when you have a deficiency? You lose power. You become weak. You become unsteady. And the battle that you and I face with loneliness is actually a battle of weakness, There's a weakness that we battle. There's a deficiency in us. And what we do with our deficiency is that we often project it on things around us in our culture. And then we try to fight the battle out there when the battle is actually in here. You with me still? And so there are some deficiencies that we face in our culture. And I want to show you this and how it relates to our, 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 our loneliness and how it relates to our relationships today. And the first deficiency um, is this. We see this in our culture today. And I'm just going to say uh, it's weak. Now, what do I mean by it's weak? What I mean by that is that we live in a culture today where, where the world sees marriage and relationship and commitment as a weak thing. Would you agree with that? Like, where are my singles at? I'm coming at you today, right? This is the dating scene that you live in today, isn't it? Right? Uh, We we live in a culture that doesn't have a lot of faith in marriage and has actually a lot of fear in marriage. And when you get out there and you start talking to, to singles in our world, you hear them say it all the time. Well, I don't, I don't know if marriage is for me. Um, it's outdated. My parents tried it. It didn't work. Uh, this is a common one. Hey, if I get married, I'm going to lose a part of myself. 
And, 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 and this fear of marriage has kind of created this sort of self-absorbed dating culture that we live in. You know, it's this kind of culture where it's like, oh, well, I want, I want the pleasure of relationship. I don't really want the, the, I don't want the commitment of relationship. That's the culture we live in today. You ever see the new apps that are out there? Uh, there's all these apps, probably the one that is most popular right now is called Tinder. And anyone know what Tinder is? Well, three people, uh-oh, we're in trouble now. It's, it's this app, and, and apparently, I'm, I don't have it, but like, it's this app. <laughs> <laughs> and Tinder is known as the hookup app, right? Like we, we've gone from going out to hooking up now in our culture. And, and Tinder, uh, what you, you, like you create a profile and you put all your specs on it. You put your best picture on it, right? And then it has this algorithm and it kind of just sends you all of these different people you might want to hook up with. And if you, if, you, if you see that, man, I think she's got something I want, you, you, you swipe right. But if it's something that, like, no, no, that's not for me, you swipe left. It's crazy, we can reject each other and love each other without ever having a personal conversation now. Why? Because we fear marriage. It's weak. But there's another thread in our culture today, singles. And, and this is, I'm, I'm speaking to you today, okay? Um, it, it's not that marriage is weak, but there is this concept in our, in our society too that says that singleness is weak. Am I right? Like singleness is weak. That the ultimate goal in relationship is that I've got to get married. And so when singleness is weak, I don't fear marriage. I'm just desperate for marriage. And this just isn't something, you know, this, isn't, this is culture-wide. I mean, um, when kids are playing with Ken and Barbie, what do they say? Oh, we're going to get married, right? Like my, my daughter did this the other night, Saturday night. I was... Uh, I was going out, going out for something real quick and my daughter was sitting there and she was playing actually with a Ken and Barbie and I said, uh, sweetheart, daddy's gotta go out. I'll be back in a little bit. And she goes, okay, but don't miss the wedding. <laughs> She's four. I'm like, what? What wedding? She goes, they're getting married and you don't wanna miss it. <laughs> I'm like, who told you that? Culture told her that. The church tells her that sometimes, am I right? Walk into church, 25, 30, 35, and you don't have anybody, and some people are looking at you like, what's going on with you? You okay? I saw you talking to your friend Jeff today. What type of relationship do you and Jeff have? We got moms telling their sons, hurry up and have grandkids so that I can have them before I die, right? And so we say these things to make people feel as though that in their singleness that they're not enough. And so we, 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 we get this kind of, this, this, this mindset that if I'm not married, I'm not enough. But I gotta tell you today, if you're single, God knows the desires of your heart. He knows your, your dreams. He knows your goals. You know how I know that? Because he put them there. And you gotta trust him. Singles, can I just be real for, with you for a moment? Listen, listen. You are in the most important time of your life. You don't have to worry about anybody else right now but yourself. 
It's a great season to be in, but the problem is that what we do is that we see our singleness as a weakness, and so we rush through that season of our life, and we negate it because we see a preferred future, and we want to get there, but we have no idea how to act when we get there. You see, you look at, you, you see the appeal of marriage, you see the look of marriage, you see the pictures of marriage, you desire that, but you don't know what it takes to get to that. I did some research this week, and I found out that in North America today, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. 50, not 15. Let me put that into perspective. It'd be like getting on a flight today, and your flight attendant looking at you and saying, hey, there is a one in two chance that we're going to make it to our final destination. (laughs) Yeah, you wonder, you be careful. So no wonder people are like, I don't want to get into this thing because it's going to crash and burn. Let me tell you, that's a smart thing to think because if you enter into marriage haphazardly, it will give you permission someday to leave it haphazardly. And most of us, maybe if you're single here today, you're saying to yourself, man, I'm just sick of my singleness. Well, you're sick of singleness because you think it's weak. But I'm telling you today that God has put you in a season so that you can be strong so that you can have your power back. This is what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians. Let's go there for all you haters out there right now. I wanna to go to the Bible here. 1 Corinthians chapter seven, verse six. Listen to what Paul says. He says, I say this as a concession. Well, what does that mean? Paul's basically saying, hey, I'm gonna open up my heart right now. I'm gonna be just Paul for a moment. This isn't a command. I'm gonna admit something to you. Look what he says. He says, I wish everyone were single. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Great. That makes me feel a whole lot better, right? But if we read a little bit further, verse 32, uh, you'll see why he says that. Now, now just pay attention to the language here. This is kind of a lengthy passage, but I just want to read it to you. He, He says this. He says, here's why you should be single. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. That's so true. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying, listen closely, I'm saying this for what? Your benefit. Let's keep reading. Not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Listen, singles, I'm talking to you today. Hear me on this. You don't need to be scared about your future if you can learn to celebrate your season right now. Listen, that's great season you're in. You don't have to worry about anyone telling you that you have to be somewhere to change someone else's diaper right now. God has given you a gift And he's given you a season. He's given you a season to focus on you because here's the second thing I want to mention to you. It's not that marriage is weak in our culture. Guess what? Uh, I'm weak. I'm weak. You live with you, don't you? You realize you have deficiencies. You realize that you have weak. And you need time to work you out. Am I right? 
You need time to make you right. You see, we think that our future spouse is gonna cover all of our weaknesses. We look at him and we say, oh man, he is so good looking. He's got money. He drives a, a nice car. And our personalities, oh man, we just click, right? And, and we think, we think that we will be stronger even if I'm still weak. And it doesn't work like that. Let me use an analogy for this. If you're making a two egg omelet and one egg is rotten and the other one is good, it still turns out to be a rotten omelet. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's why it's, your singleness is so important so that you can be strong in you first before you can be strong in your marriage relationship. Because let me tell you something, there are married people here today who are struggling, but they're not struggling with their marriage, they're struggling with their singleness. Because they didn't take the time to figure them out. And now they've run into marriage and, and it's hard because now you gotta work on him and you gotta work on you at the same time time. And so you need this time in your life to be able to work you out. And I hear it all the time. I hear, I, I, I counseled someone one time who was single and they looked at me and said, Pastor Seth, I'm sick of being single. I did their wedding. A few months later, they come back to me and said, hey, I, I'm sick of being married. Listen, you're not sick of being married. You're not sick of even being single. You're sick of being you right now. And you need, you need time. You need time to figure you out. God gives you priority time. It's amazing. There's actually a principle for this in the Bible. I want to give it to you. Jesus tells us what it is in, G in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Listen to what Jesus says. He's speaking to his disciples one day, and this is what he says. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The disciples are like, oh yeah, we got that. There he is. Oh, we love you, man. We love you, bro. But look what God, Jesus goes on to say. He says, a second is equally important. He may as well be saying, Here's one and here's one A, okay? Loving God, and what I'm about to tell you is is equally important. Look what it says. To love your neighbor as yourself. Like, I want, you to, I want you to catch this for a moment, okay? Jesus is saying, here's the principle, here's the priority. He's saying, love God and then love your neighbor, but loving your neighbor has a prerequisite. It's to love what? Yourself. But you see what happens is, is that we wanna focus on loving our future spouses. We wanna focus maybe loving our next spouse and you can only love your neighbor at the level that you love yourself. So how can you figure out how to love somebody in a relationship if you don't know how to love yourself in your singleness? God is saying, hey, I'm giving you this season. There's priority to this. Priority is this, love God, love you, love others. Love God, love yourself, love others. The reason you don't know how to say a compliment to her in marriage is because you had a low self-esteem and insecurity about you. Look, look at my head, look at my feet, look at my legs. I can't wear skinny jeans. I'm tall, I'm fat, I'm skinny, I'm hairy, right? 
Why do we say this? Because we didn't take time. We were never alone long enough to love us. We've never been isolated enough to work on us. Now, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of found this out by mistake. Like when my wife and I, we were dating in college, we, just started, we, we first started dating. And uh, at the time, I lived in upstate New York and she lived in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And we met, we met here in New Brunswick and, and we started dating and we came up to the summer and we had this problem. I live in New York, she lives in New Brunswick. And both of us, we, I remember us sitting down saying, oh, what are we gonna do? Uh, you know, I don't know if we can do long distance relationships. Can I just be honest about something? We did that and it was super healthy for us. It really was. Now, let me say this. If you're married, a long distance relationship will actually hurt your marriage. But if you're dating right now, it's okay. It's it's okay to do that. It's okay to have a long distance relationship. It actually may be healthy for you. Why? Because when you're dating, guess what? You're still single. You're not married yet. The culture wants to tell you you're married. Listen, if you're engaged, guess what? You're still single. You're still single. And you need that time to focus on you. Because I got to tell you, let me be honest with you. I was a scary person. Like I needed, I, needed, I needed time to work on me. I needed time for God to pour into my life. I needed time to figure out who I was as a person. Now, some of you might be here today and saying, well, wait a second, Pastor Seth, my boyfriend or my girlfriend, they're totally against something like that. Let, let that tell you something. If, if you aren't with someone who's gonna honor you in your singleness, how are they ever gonna honor you when you're married? Because here's what happens, right? When you don't understand your singleness, then you will take it into your marriage and you will look to them to make up, to, to make up and cover up all the weaknesses in you. But the problem is this, you start to put unrealistic expectations on another jacked up person. And you come into marriage and you get all mad and angry at each other because it's like, oh, you, you don't make me feel good. I'm not good enough for you. And you're supposed to make me feel good. And your hair looks ugly. And are you gaining weight, right? But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter because you never dealt with the loneliness with God when it was just you and him in the first place. So if you're single today, Allow this season to be a gift to you. Like God wants you to work on your emotional intelligence, your mental health, your wisdom, your character, your work ethic to be in a real relationship. Like God cares about this season of your life. He has vision he wants to pour in you right now. He has a purpose he wants, to, he wants to uncover for you to see right now. He wants you to love you when it's just you around. And if you're married today, can I suggest to you that maybe your problem in marriage right now is not a marriage problem? It very well be, might be a singleness problem. Because let me tell you something. When you get married... Marriage isn't gonna cover up your deficiencies. It's gonna expose them. Am I right? (laughs) Marriage isn't gonna cover up your singleness. It's gonna expose your singleness. Am I right? 
If you're married right now and you're sitting next to a single person, tap them on the shoulder and say, it's gonna expose you. (laughs) Sue, (laughs) I can't hide anything from my wife. I can't. Oh, we're just being real today. We're just being real. I remember this one time. We were just newly married and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still a young guy and I'm, I'm just coming out of college and, and you know, guys, like we, uh, you know, we didn't take very good care of ourselves in college, right? I mean, we'd skip showers and, you know, we wouldn't put deodorant on, we wouldn't brush our teeth and I remember we were just newly married and I come up, my wife walks in one day and I'm like, hey babe, why don't you come give me a kiss? And I'm coming in and, and uh, about to give her a kiss and this is what she does, she's like tight lip. You ever get one of those kisses? Mm, mm. I'm like, babe, what you, what you doing right now? She says, nothing. You didn't brush your teeth and that's nasty. Like Seth, I know, I know you went to sleep last night on the couch and you didn't brush your teeth and it's, it's noon now. I'm like, oh, oh, you keep track of that now in marriage, right? Like I was exposed. I couldn't, I couldn't lie about it. I couldn't wiggle my way around it. Why? Because she was right there, right? It exposes you. The covenant of marriage actually exposes you. Do you you know that? How did Adam and Eve find each other in the first place? They were single and exposed. Nothing to hide. Naked. So if you're single today, let me ask you this question. What are you hiding right now from everyone that your mate will find someday? Well, Pastor Seth, I've been married for 10 years and my wife doesn't know this about me. Keep being married. She'll find it. (laughs) My wife has shown me insecurities in me that I did not even know I had. Hey, why do you, Seth, why do you keep comparing yourself to him? I don't compare myself to him. We're just doing our thing. I'm doing my thing over here and I'm doing, and then out of nowhere, she says, see, I told you right there. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Totally, right? Some of us go into marriage thinking that marriage would complete you. But I'm here to tell you today that you were designed to step into marriage as a complete you. Some of you are here today and you're like, Pastor, that's the problem. Listen, I don't have anyone right now in my life. And that's the, that's the other thing that we find is that they're weak. It's not that it's weak, marriage is weak. It's not that I'm weak and I got my own stuff I'm dealing with. It's that they are weak. And what I mean, they are weak. The field is scarce right now. Like I want to marry someone. I want to be with someone. There's no one out there. Am I right? That's a real problem. There's a real deficiency. Am I right, singles? And listen, I'm not God. I don't know why you haven't found that person, but you can trust them. You can trust God in this. Some of you are saying, well, I'm I'm married, and you know what? Uh, You know, like, that that maybe this doesn't apply to me. No, it applies to you too, because some of you wish that your husband or your wife was the husband and wife of 10 years ago but they've changed. Like, God, I just, I, just, I just want them back. And if you're dealing with this, this concept of loneliness, if you're dealing with this deficiency in your life, I've got some good news for you today, and it's this. Listen, uh, God knows how you feel. 
God knows how you, you feel in this. And if, I can, if we can draw back to Genesis chapter two, I, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, but God was the one that came to Adam and told him he was deficient. Adam didn't go to God and say, hey, uh, I, I feel it inside of me. No, 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 no. God went to him and said, the Lord God said to him, it is not good for man to be alone. God said that. God is the one that says, hey, I see your deficiency problem. I see your incomplete problem. And I'm now about to do something about it. Now, this is how we best what I call besting loneliness. How do we beat loneliness? This is exactly, I want to show you what this is. This is now, it's not good for man to be alone. This is what God says. Now I will make a helper who is just right for him. Adam is like, oh, sweet. Finally, you're, you're onto something, man. Let's do this. And if you need any help, God, I'll give you some specs, you know? And look, look what it says next. And this is, this is interesting. It says, and the Lord God formed from the ground the most beautiful, hot woman for Adam. It doesn't say that, does it? It actually says something kind of strange. Look what it says. It says, and the Lord God formed from the ground the, all the wild animals. <laughs> and the, this is your answer, Lord, <laughs> for my loneliness, wild animals and, and birds of the sky. He brought them to the man. Oh, here you go. Hmm. Thanks, God. Appreciate it. And he said, uh, he brought them to the man to see what he, he would call them. And the man chose a name for each, of, each one of them. Uh, this is a, an interesting phrase. To choose a name for something, for someone or something, is probably one of the most intimate things you can do. He gave names to all the livestock and all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. And then this phrase comes up. Look, but still, there was no helper just right for him. <laughs> like, can you imagine, like you're sitting there and you got all these animals coming by and they're just coming in front, front of you. It's, it's the original tender. <laughs> and then there comes a dog and, and Adam's like, uh, you know, nah, but you'll be my best friend. You know, a cat walks by him and he sneezes because he's allergic Y'all think I'm, I'm joking. Like, do you know the Hebrew word for cat is katul? I'm serious. Doesn't it sound like a sneeze? Like, katul, right? Like, <laughs> cat goes by, tiger goes by, lion goes by, all the animals. He keeps swiping left. Reject, rejection, rejection. And as he does it, can you imagine how lonely he must start to feel? Why does God ask him to do this? This is what I think. Because God knows his deficiency, but Adam doesn't know it yet. And he's got to show him what his deficiency is. He's got to feel it in order for him to step into the solution. But look what happens next, and I love this. Verse, verse 21, it says, so after this whole thing happens, this tender moment happens, verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. A deep sleep. Deep sleep is the one that you get the most rest in. What's God saying? God's saying, listen, I see your deficiency. 
I see your incompleteness. I see, see your loneliness, Adam. But fall asleep. Rest. Rest. What's he resting in? Well, yeah, he's resting in God, but I also think Adam's resting in his singleness. He's okay with himself. Then he goes on to say this. While the man slept, while he was just resting, the Lord God took one of the man's ribs. He started doing work on the inside. He took one of the man's ribs and he closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. That phrase, he brought her, is fascinating. It, it, this is what, what's going on here. It's not like Adam's there and then God creates woman and then God takes the woman and walks him over to Adam and says, hey, Adam, this is Eve, Eve, this is Adam. No, this is what this is, what is going on here. God creates woman and he tells the woman, you know what? Just walk on by him over there. You see the trail of animals? Just follow that right there. And she walks on by, and Adam sees her and says, there she is. There she is. Why? Because Adam got to choose her. He got to, he got to choose Eve out of all the creatures. But, but I want you to notice the sequence here, okay? Notice the sequence. He needs a helper. But it's not Eve who is his helper. It's God who is his helper. God says, I will be the one. I will be the one who will bring you the right helper. The word of the Lord over you today, if you're single or if you're married, the most important word that God is speaking to you right now is I will. Not your spouse, not your future spouse, not your ex-spouse. Now what God is saying, listen, let me complete you. Let me complete you. I am the answer to your deficiency. It's not your husband, not your wife. It's me. It's me. Listen, God came to Adam, but the good news for us today is that Jesus has come to us to fill the deficiency in us, to fill the loneliness in us. Listen, you will never be fully single until Jesus completes you. You'll never fully be married until Jesus completes you. You'll never fully be post-married until Jesus completes you. Listen, before God ever brings you a helper, let him help you. I just was praying to this week as we've been diving into this topic and this message and I've just been praying for our singles, pray, praying for our married couples and I thought the Lord, just give me a word. If you're single here today, you're tuning in online today. I just felt like, God, what is it that you wanna say right now? And I felt like the Lord just gave me a word and the word he wants you to know today is you can just rest. 
You don't have to keep fighting. You don't have to keep on the, you don't have to keep working hard to find that right person or that perfect person. You can go into a deep sleep. Rest in how God is creating you. Rest in the fact that you can love yourself right now. Rest in the fact that God is gonna pour vision and purpose in your life. Because let me tell you something, singles, when you're strong in you, you can be picky. You can, because you don't need to depend on them to fill you up. So rest. For those of you who are married, some of you are like, oh no, I'm stuck. (laughs) No, you're not. When we have a deficiency, do you understand we have an all-sufficient God? And because we have an all-sufficient God, God gives us grace no matter what season of life that we're in. And if you're married today, my word for you is this, receive. Receive. Receive what God wants to do. Some of you are saying, I'm still struggling with myself and I'm struggling in my marriage. Listen, receive what the Lord wants to pour into you. One of the things I was praying this week is that God, would you just anoint spouses? Would you anoint husbands? Would you anoint wives? So that when I feel weak as a spouse, God has an anointing on my wife to be able to speak life and to speak Jesus into my life to fill me up and the same is true for wives to husbands and husbands to wives. Receive, trust that the Lord has put that woman in your life to build you up. Trust the Lord that that God has put that man in your life to build you up. And then for the one who's here and maybe you've been widowed, I felt like the Lord say, I'm gonna redeem you. Like you, you remember those times and it was great, but listen, you are gonna be complete, you are gonna be redeemed for the rest of your life. Because it wasn't your husband that completed you, it was me. And he wants to do that in you today. We're gonna have the band come and we're gonna take some time to sing here, but I wonder if there's anyone here today that just says, I wanna come and I just need to surrender, I need to rest, I need to receive, I need to be redeemed, I just need to surrender my status to the Lord again. By the way, God does care about your relationship status, and I'm not talking about single or divorced or widowed, I'm talking about that you are saved, redeemed, and restored. And maybe today you're saying, the missing piece in my marriage is Jesus missing piece in my singleness. It's Jesus. And I want to invite you to come. Our prayer team's going to be here. Let's pray together, church. God, we just, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you address a topic early on in the scriptures. We don't have to be, you know, flipping down the pages of, of scripture to find out that you have, you see something in us that is not good, but we're grateful today that what is not good in us, you replace with what is good in you. God, before we ever needed a helper, you helped us. And so today, God, wherever this message lands and how the Spirit is moving and working in hearts and minds today, would you just fill us up? We, I pray for the one who feels empty today. I, I pray for the one who feels deficient in their heart today. 
Lord, we ask for a refilling. God, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you just anoint us? Would you anoint couples? Would you anoint singles? Would you anoint the widow? Would you anoint the divorce today, God? Would you fill us up? Would you top us up? I think of what Jesus says to the woman at the well who has five husbands. And he tells her, I will give you living water. This well will run dry. This person will run dry, but I have come to give you living water that will rise up in you and it will take you up and it will rise you up and it will complete you. So Lord, today we just pray right now, we just experience the power, a power resurgence in our lives today. God, we love you. We thank you. We pray this in the mighty matchless name of Jesus and all of God's people said,